I fought a good fight. I finished my football race. And after 18 years, it's time. Basketball players, we're really supposed to shut up and dribble, but I'm glad, I'm glad we did a little bit more than that. Eventually, every ball would go flat, but that doesn't mean that your life will flatline. What will you do when the game is over? All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode nine of The Endless Hustle. Before we go any further, make sure you subscribe and review to Endless Hustle wherever you get podcasts. Your support means the world to us. I am World Bible Senior Editor Matt Cohan, and I'm joined, as always, by my charismatic co-host, Arthur Cade. Arthur, today we have on two guests who we had a boatload of fun with. Yeah, and we talked about something, Matt, that was a little bit out of the ordinary compared to the conversations we've had recently. We talked all about fashion. So our guests were Eagles hard-hitting safety Rodney McLeod and menswear stylist Inyik Pei. They're business partners with Malcolm Jenkins, and they literally just launched a fashion series called Style Sold Separately. It's really awesome. Any hosts it. And they partnered up with one of my favorite players in the league, Malcolm Jenkins, a former Eagle now playing with the Saints. He's executive producing along with those guys. And it's a, it's a really cool series. Malcolm is one of the most fashionable players in the league. He actually owns a clothing line slash store called Damari Seville. So I couldn't think of anyone better to be getting behind this than him. But uh, I think it's a really cool concept. And we talked all about it, Matt. Yeah, the, the athletes and fashion thing is kind of funny. And I'll pull a relevant quote from one of my favorite movies, Love Actually. It goes, don't do drugs, become a rock star, and they give you them for free. It's in the best interest of these apparel brands to just send their freshest clothes to these athletes so they have zero ad spend and more clout than money could buy. A good example of this was a few years ago. It was this brand called Roosevelt's. They were making these Sandlot-inspired clothes and just mailing them to Aaron Judge at Yankee Stadium his rookie year. Aaron had a huge game. It was like a two, three homer game and rocked his shirt in the post-game presser. And now Roosevelt's has a merchandising deal with Major League Baseball. Follow your dreams and keep hustling, children. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy to see what's happening with athletes in fashion right now. The Morris brothers, the NBA twins, they just wore some of Malcolm's clothes from Damari Seville to one of their games. So to Kyle Kuzma, Tobias Harris from the Sixers says it's one of his favorite designers. There are like so many athletes right now that have clothing lines, Matt. It's crazy. I mean, Michael Jordan's deal with Nike has led to the most profitable shoe deal of all time. Russell Westbrook just teamed up with Barney's for a high-end athletic line. Tony Hawk created Birdhouse, skatewear apparel. That's making $200 million a year. People are making freaking boatloads of money. And Rodney, of course, a lot of people may have forgotten this. I actually did. But he had one of the most iconic looks at the ESPYs a couple of years back when he went shirtless, made all the rounds on all the magazines. So, you know, these guys are all making fashion statements now and making boatloads of money along the way. Yeah, I mean, that that suit was ridiculous. And I guess Deion Sanders was right when he said, if you look good, you play good. If you play good, they pay good. A lot of times we forget that sports are just ultimately a faction of the entertainment industry. So anytime building your brand through fashion and personality is just as essential as making tackles or, or getting buckets in, in nowadays. Yeah, I'll tell you another guy who I just came to mind. If you remember David Beckham, when he had that bodywear collection with H&M, he literally did that, I want to say, like five years, and he became a sex icon because of it. I mean, it was like Beckham went from being a really good soccer player to, you know, the most chaste dude in the world by women. So 
It, you his know, it's incredible. Was on, his poster was on every girl in college's uh, dorm room wall, I remember. It was like without fail. It was like the notebook and then uh, David Beckham side by side. Yeah, and it's also happening on the women's side. I mean, Serena Williams is a great example. She has her S by Serena line. You know, it's happening in all sports. Right now, athletes realize that with the cameras on them all the time, you can brand yourself even when you're not saying anything or doing anything by just how you look. And that's what's happening. Exactly, Arthur. And I think this is a little outside of our lane, but it was so great to talk to Rodney McLeod in Iniikpe to learn about fashion and how it, you know, translates to the field and the player's brand. So, you know, we hope you enjoy it as much as we did. Yeah. And as a Philly boy myself, I love hearing about the Eagles Super Bowl win, how Rodney is giving back to the community. And of course, Matt, as people will discover in this podcast, his splurge that had us on the floor laughing was pretty awesome. So I think, <laughs> Don't give it away, Arthur. I, I didn't want to. All right, guys, here he is. Uh, Philadelphia Eagle safety, Rodney McLeod and men's stylist, Ini Ikpe. Enjoy. Now we welcome on the Endless Hustle, Eagle safety and Super Bowl champion, Rodney McLeod. Rodney is also the executive producer of the TV series, Style Sold Separately, hosted by our second guest, famed stylist, Eni Ikpe. Thank you both for making the time. Thanks for having us. Uh, thanks for having us. I guess we'll kick this off by, you know, asking how did Style Sold Separately come to fruition? Rodney, I know you went to the University of Virginia where everyone wears seersucker pastels and Patagonia vests. So this seems like a ironic path for you. Yeah, a lot, a lot different. More, more streetwear style guy. Uh, now, as you see, I've left the blazers and and all of that behind me. But man, honestly, style so separately uh, was a vision that you know myself, Any, and, and Malcolm all had. Uh, we wanted to create something special, something different, and and really just felt as though we wanted our audience to learn more about these players, the men behind the mask. I guess you would say. I think so often we get referenced as, you know, these gladiators uh, that we tend to not think of us as human beings. And Style Soul separately allows you to go and take a deeper dive into these athletes through the lens of fashion. And you get a great sense of style and also these players' interests. And then quite frankly, you know, me being an NFL player, I don't think we get enough respect in the fashion space. So we wanted to put a greater focus on us, guys like myself, my peers, and kind of highlighting our style and, and kind of hearing our opinions about fashion. That's kind of style so separately, man. We just do things a little bit differently. But like I said, the, the main purpose is to really uh, dive in and, and get a closer glimpse of uh, these players uh, and their sense of style, but also their interests outside the game of football. Eni, you've had a lot of success as a stylist in your career, but from what I understand, you had to fake it till you make it for a bit in the beginning. Can you talk about your journey and how you ended up at a point where you're collaborating with these pro athletes? I guess my, my first opportunity, so after graduating college, I worked in banking for five years, but I always loved fashion. I always was that friend who would be asked, now, how do I pair this with this or what tie goes with this suit. So one day we were at an event. Now, no, we were actually at like a happy hour and former Eagle Jordan Matthews came into the room and Jordan happened to be one of my fraternity brothers. 
and we just hit it off. We were introduced by a young, a young lady that used to work for the Eagles. And yeah, she was just like, yeah, my friend Jordan is coming. I was like, Jordan who? She's like, Jordan Matthews. I was like, wait, that's my, that's my Pratt brother. I haven't met him yet. So she introduced us. We were just hanging, talking. And then we were playing Madden randomly. We were playing Madden. And he beat me four quarter with a bomb to himself, right? And he texted me because we didn't have numbers yet. So he hit me on, and he was like, yo, bro, let me get your numbers. I gave him my number. He's like, I really like your style. Could you help me get dressed? And I'm like, yeah, for sure. Let's make it happen. So I helped him get, I went to his condo, helped him get dressed one day. And then another player, Marcus Smith, who first round pick of the Eagles, he walks into the apartment and he sees me like looking through his closet. And he was just like, are you a stylist? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm a stylist. He was like, all right, cool. And then he leaves. So two weeks later, I'm on a bus heading from Center City back to West Philly. And I get a text message from Marcus. And I never, he didn't, I didn't have his number. So he was like, yo, this is Marcus. I have a charity event I have to do in Maryland. Can you help me get dressed? I was like, oh, for sure. So because I already know suiting and things of that nature, it was just very, very easy. So I helped him get dressed. So then I was working back and forth with them two for a while. I stayed in the circle. And then that's how I met Rodney, you know, because a lot of the time, a lot of the guys, these players, people are always trying to get in somehow, some way. But I had already had two guys that I was really, really cool with. So after I got cool with them and I started to go to a lot of the events that all the guys were going to, me and Rodney became familiar with one another. And then it kind of just took off. Rodney, Matt introduced you as Super Bowl champion. I was in Philadelphia when you guys won. I was in Broad Street right afterwards. I saw the mayhem. Walk me through, as a player, you win the Super Bowl. What are the parties like? And I don't want the cliche stuff like, oh, it was a great time. I want the real stuff. What was it like behind the scenes? Man, you're a rock star. Like, that's the perfect way to put it. You can do no wrong. Honestly, I would say for a month, but I think that that extended, like, that entire year. Like, you could do no wrong. You could walk down the street, you know, shirt off, you know, your boxes if you wanted to, and like nobody gonna tell you different. And have in style. Have a cigar in hand and, and a drink and a cup of something, and, and you good. That was just the feeling, man. Like you just on top of the world. And we felt that love throughout the city of Philly. That parade, I barely remember it, to tell you the truth, but I had a lot of highlighting moments uh, that stood out. I know we hit, we were dancing in the middle of the street. They throwing beers. I'm catching them like Stone Cold Steve Austin, just <laughs> doing it all, man. I'm seeing signs from the homes. I think it was like, you know, the, the whole big dig nick, like <laughs> chants were going on and signs were out. It was hilarious, man. Everything you could experience that day happened. I just enjoyed it, honestly. I was motivated. I mean, I think we all were, honestly, to get another one the next year. A lot of injuries took place, but man, that Super Bowl, that ride and, and, and that, that thrill after, it, it's nothing like it. I'm telling you. I did the no shirt at the ESPYs. I forgot about that. Any, <laughs> you know, I did that. I did, did that. that. <laughs> yeah. Eni, was purple, that your suggestion purple. or? Yeah, just go shirtless. It's cool. You know what? Nah, Rodney, you know, when it comes to Rodney and his style, man, he loves to push the envelope and him pushing the envelope, it was just a perfect pairing, honestly. Like Rodney obviously has the body so, you know, he just changed, he just changed the game with that. And, you know, everybody else is kind of doing it now. And, you know, shout out to Demari Seville because that was Demari Seville suit by Malcolm. It was a good look, man. It was a lot of fun. They made the vision come to life. And yeah, I, I will say I, I did set a trend because I feel like the next, like yeah. all the award shows I seen following the SBs, whether it was that year or the following year, like 
couple guys were shirtless, you know, underneath the suit. So yeah, Zeke wore the suit, the uh, the thing like he does with his jersey too. Yeah. It shows yeah. his six pack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, re I remember being in a restaurant right after the Phillies won and Chase Utley came in with his wife, Jen, and they just walked out and the restaurant owner goes, Chase will never pay for a meal here. He probably doesn't have to pay for a meal anywhere in Philly ever again. So what was, what was like the craziest thing that you got either comped, did a cop let you out of a speeding ticket? What was the craziest thing that happened because of winning the Super Bowl that you were like, man, I'm the VIP of VIPs now? Man, I, I really, I don't know if I had like one moment. I think it was just collectively, just anywhere I went, it was, you good. Like, I think one of the most surreal moments for me, right, was uh, Shaquille O'Neal. I was a big Lakers fan. We just talked about it due to Kobe, but you know, that pairing, that's a that's one of the best duos to ever do it, three championships. So I think it was shortly after we, we got back to Philly, one of my coaches knew uh, Shaq, and I think I wore the jersey to, to work. So he's like, man, I, I, I'm going to send this video to Shaq or whatever for you. So I said, okay, cool. So then I get a video back from Shaq. <laughs> and I was like, wait, hold on. So Shaq's like, He's like, man, no need to introduce who you are. I already know you. I know who you are, man. You know, uh, congrats on the Super Bowl, blah, blah, blah. Enjoy it. Go crazy. And then he gave me like this, you know, Shaq, he a wild dude. He was like, like. <laughs> I said, I said, oh, man. So profound. Yeah. I said, this is, this is, this is life right now. This is everything. Like, I'm getting a video back from, from Shaq. The big fella. But it was just little stuff like that, man, that you think about. How often do you watch that video? I haven't gone back to it in some time, man. But it's in, it's in the files. It's in the files somewhere. It's yeah. deep. But, man, it was so surreal because I said, no way. And he's like, no, I know, I know exactly who you are, bro. Let me ask this. I got two style guys here. And I'm a, I'm a Patriots guy. So, obviously, Rodney, I remember you, you know, that stopping Brandon Cooks at third and short. And I don't even know why I – agreed yeah. to have you on here because yeah it's a bad awful, day it was a bad day but girl. you know my man cam hasn't been playing well and you know i think when he comes to the podium after you know a 33 to 6 loss wearing like essentially like a costume the boston media especially i think philly's probably similar just isn't with it my question is and i've always wondered this do players bring like different outfits to the game and choose them based on like outcome because if i'm cam i'm slipping in jeans and a t-shirt and just getting the hell out of dodge but he he goes a different route. At, at least to my understanding, I'm I'm yeah, I'm one fit, one fit shorty. Whatever I come to that game in is what I'm wearing uh after. Most of the time, uh, I'm playing if you know to win the game. And and you know, the the mindset of Dion, man, you look good, you feel good, you play good. But yeah, there's only there's only one fit for me. Now Cam, I don't know, he's a different dude. He may he may have a few pieces that he's got stashed in the locker just in case. I don't know. Any, what you, you got any thought on that? I mean, if you see him come out of the car, and usually you see him come out of the car, he's in the same outfit. So win, lose, or draw, Cam is going to wear what Cam wears. And I think one of the things about Cam, like, you know, football is a game of inches. And if you get, if you win by, somebody just said it yesterday on Monday night. They said, uh, you would rather lose sloppy than, no, you'd rather win sloppy than lose clean or something. So, I mean, when it comes to fashion, you just got to 
it is what it is. Because if he wins, nobody's complaining about it. So if he loses, now should he take off the clothes that he wore to actually get there? I don't think so. Even as a lifelong Giants fan, the Danny Dimes run that has gone viral around the world might be the funniest shit I've ever seen. Oh, my God. What are you guys doing in the locker room afterwards when you see him get tripped by the ghost of Christmas past? Are you guys just on your phones dying watching that? Man, I'm telling you, in that moment, you're you're really like, what the hell just happened? Like, how did he just get 80 yards down the field? But then I'm like, he didn't score, so we got a chance. Then they do score. And now once we finally win, right, you know, because – you lose that game, you're looking at that play and saying, that's probably one of the reasons, you know, why we lost. We win. It's all fun and games. And, yeah, I, I just see all the tweets and memes, man. And it, I was dying. I think everybody got a glimpse of that. Me and my wife, we had a, a good time just looking at all the, the tweets that were getting sent out, the videos that they're making. You can't do anything nowadays. Like, nah. once it happens, it's already uploaded onto – to social media nobody talks about how he has wheels he he half those quarterbacks in the nfl would have been stopped 15 yards down the field he he had the jets to his credit yeah surprisingly i i, I had no idea he touched 21 2 yeah <laughs> one of the highest of, of the year better than lamar jackson yeah. yeah we were talking to rashad jennings a couple weeks ago about the eli manning memes and we just needed to know, like, did Eli know that the was making fun of him? And he actually admitted that Eli knew and was in on the joke and was actually having a blast looking at the memes. As a player, do you guys know, especially in Philly, people don't understand the, the true rabidness of Philly fans. I mean, we everyone talks about yeah. it, but unless you live there, you can't understand it. it. It's unlike any other sports culture in America. How do you deal with the whole social media? And are you guys aware of everything going on because of Twitter, Instagram, and all that all that social media? Yeah, it's brutal, man. You know, the, the fans here, they hold you to the highest, the highest standard. You know, uh, you got to respect it. And my whole theory is if they stop talking about you, then you should worry, right? Whether it's good or bad, no matter if you're an all-pro or, or undrafted free agent, you're going to hear it from the fans. But – you can't let it consume you. Honestly, I, I, I try, I do social media in spurts. You know, I do it, I do my posting, but I try to stay out there as much as possible for a lot of different reasons. Uh, I just like to stay even kill. And sometimes the social media, it can, it can have you on an all time high. And then sometimes it can, it can bring you, you know, low as the low. And I think, you know, in this league, man, you, you have to stay even kill. And I think that's what keeps me going keeps me motivated and driven but yeah I, I've learned to deal with the fans here social media comes with the territory and and I think as a player you got to have fun with it uh, you think of the Josh Norman play where you got stiff arm uh, and I said man it happens to the best of us you play this game long enough things are going to happen you're going to get stiff arm you're going to get hurdled I've experienced it all I've experienced a stiff arm Julio Jones I think it was the year after we won the Super Bowl he ran a reverse it may have been the first second play of the game by the time like I get Luckily, we won that game, but by the time I get dressed, I got messages all the way down my inbox. My dudes hit me up like, bro, why you let Julio step on me like that? I'm like, man, he got me. I mean, this is good. He just made a good play. But I said, hey, I'm going to be the laughing stock for the next week. And it's cool. You you make some more plays, they're gonna forget about it. Yeah. But that Josh Norman stiff arm. No, I would never. Different. I would never. I, yeah, that was that was bad. That was my, I was not like that. Never. Right. 
But but Ooh. but Henry, but Henry is a monster. I mean, you just take a look at that man. He's probably like 6'4, 250, yeah. you know. But if you also, if you understand football, Josh wasn't standing, he was like in motion. So because his foot was off, all he needed was a little oomph, and that's what he got. It just happened to be bad. Just like guys like me at home, like, oh, Josh Norman's a little bitch. Like, like <laughs> <laughs> no. Is that the communication amongst the players when something happens like the Josh Norman stiff arm? Is there like group text going around the boys in the league where it's like that that motherfucker got crushed yeah. and everybody's just instant. making fun of it? Instant. Like, go right into the, the, the DV group chat. Yo, you just see that play? Like. Yeah. instantly but that's the thing it's like you can't like this is when players get dunked on too at least you're trying to make the play you right. know there's something to be said for that instead of just running the other way so nobody's gonna sing their song the victims but i'm here to do that right now yeah, your pride's hurt for a little bit that's all <laughs> yeah rodney you've earned the uh the reputation of, as being a pretty vicious hitter in the league i remember that emmanuel sanders from a few years back i think when you were with the rams that was I think everyone who watched that felt it. Is there a particular hit that you uh, are most proud of in your professional career? I mean, that one I would say probably I'm most proud of. One, it was clean. Let me just say that. It so, was so clean. Yeah, yeah. Like, and that's what I take pride in. I'm not a, a, a dirty guy. I just try to play the game the way it's supposed to be played. And that play alone just reminded me of like Sean Taylor, like Brian Dawkins of the world that you just see, yeah. like their highlights and you're like, man, I want to do that. Yeah. And so when I did it, yeah, that, that took me to a whole nother level. Like yeah. <laughs> confidence, I was on a high, like, yeah. And, 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 and the thing is, it's intimidating, right? Because players see it and they watch it. Mm -hmm. And that's what we talk about, like, man, you just got to put, good stuff on tape you know as a defender that's what you want you want people to fear you when they go across that middle and that's the difference in the game that could be the game changer so yeah man that's probably one of my proudest is outside of the, i like the brandon cooks one too even though it wasn't as violent it was it was brian dog brian dogan-esque so it was yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. and it helped win you a super bowl so and lose me one so thank you <laughs> but y'all made up for the following year even though the I eagles know. were supposed to go back if you know, who didn't I drop know. that ball for an interception, so. I always love the Carson Wentz stuff in Philly because, you know, he comes from North Dakota. He's such a stand-up guy. He's into religion. Give me a great Carson Wentz behind-the-scenes story, the Carson Wentz that we don't see in front of the camera. Oh, man. Carson is such a, a God-fearing man. When he breaks it down, it's it's rare sometimes when Carson like breaks it down. It takes you to a different place when he chants one curse word or two. Like if he breaks it down, it's like I I forget what he said a couple of weeks ago. And no, everybody's just like, oh, okay, Carson's serious now. Like like you better listen up because you know Carson doesn't. That's that's not him. That's not his character. But uh, when you're out there in the heat of the moment. And, and you breaking it down with your team and just hearing him, I guess, even give a, a, a curse, say a curse word, man, just makes you feel like, okay, Carson is, is human. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't really have too many stories, but that's. Is that's it a real I'm curse word or is it like a God dung it? No, it's like, it's a legit curse word. <laughs> so it's rare when you hear it and like everybody just turns to one another like all right Carson okay he's like Jesus I can't even fucking, picture it. he's like Jesus fucking Christ 
I gotta, I gotta ask you guys this because there's a long-standing debate. It's mostly among like unstylish white guys, but about the merits of of cargo shorts. And I have a few pairs. I wear them. My fiance won't even look at me. Where do you guys stand on cargo shorts? I got a pair right here for those of you at home. They're the pine green old navy. They're nine ninety nine. Where do you guys stand? Eni, I'm going to give it to you first. I think when it comes to cargo shorts, as long as they're fitted, and I don't mean like tight, I mean just like as long as they, they fit you properly, I think they're cool, man. Honestly, with a cool t-shirt, you can't go wrong. And now, if you if you have like baggy cargo shorts that pass your knees, then maybe your fiance is right. But other than that, I think they're pretty dope. Thanks, bro. I'm going to show her this right when we're done. I'm going to send her. <laughs> yeah, it's not me. It's you. <laughs> Do you guys, when you obviously, whether it's the NBA, the NFL or wherever, when you see the the pregame stuff where players are coming in in their crazy outfits or the postgame stuff, like if you see Russell Westbrook wearing his like crazy little shorts, do you guys ever just think like, oh, clown outfit? Like, and, and then do you ever think about reaching out to the person and be like, and I'm not saying Russ is that guy, but are you like, Russ, we need to dress you? Like, what's the process when you see someone wearing a clown outfit? You know, what's funny is uh, a lot of the time, me, Rod, and other people will be in group chats and just, when we see a look, we'll share it, like, what you think? And for me, I think the biggest thing is understanding that pushing the envelope in fashion is, it can be a hit or a miss, but I congratulate people who actually go for it. And again, this goes back to Rod with the Espy look. You know, he pushed the envelope, you know what I mean? Like, if you really look at that suit, it, that suit is more so, like, it was, it was short, and in the back it was long, and it was purple, you know what I mean? But Rodney, with the confidence, the sunglasses, the earrings, the accessories, it was a hit. Now, somebody else could have done it with a little less confidence, and it could have been a miss. So for me, a lot of the time, I, I take a look at specific pieces, and I'm like, okay, I like that, I see what he did there. I would have changed this, this, and a third. So that's just how I work. I, I love to edit outfits, you know what I mean? So I actually have an Instagram series called The Edit where I like break down the outfit. Like I like it, but this is what I would have changed about it. But yeah. yeah you got to wear the clothes. The clothes don't wear you. Exactly right. But a lot of time I see these players walk into the stadium and I'm like, I know you didn't pick that outfit. Like Gronk, for example, he's wearing the flannel tailored suit. And I'm like, dude, you would go shirtless if you could. What percentage of these players have stylists in like, like any, like your capacity, like how often are you working with them? Is it like every Sunday morning, it's like, what do I wear today or? Yeah, so my breakdown is like, if I'm working with a client, then we need to work before the season begins. So at the moment I have three clients that I'm working with, right? So one guy plays for the Texans, Eric Murray. So I've dressed him for all 16 games. So every week he knows to go into the closet and put this exact outfit on because I share a PDF, like this is what you're wearing. Right. And then I have another guy, um, Ann Harris, safety plays for the Vikings. So the same thing is like this, 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 this. Now with him, he's like, yo, we collaborate a lot because he's like, I like this. I'm like, all right, let's, let's just tweak it. So that's how we're going to have a guy who plays for the Rams right now. And I just started with him. So we're like in midseason, but I just dressed him for Monday Night Football. So a lot of the time it's just you have, to, at least for me, I have to be able to set it up weeks in advance so that there's no pressure in trying to get it because I can't travel every single week to these respective cities. I have to be there, give you six or seven outfits, and then you know what you're going to wear and then have a tailor with me so that we can make sure that the outfit fits you perfectly because at the end of the game, if the outfit don't fit you perfectly, what are you doing? Rodney, I want to ask you about a man who is a Philadelphia institution 
and is leaving his current career, but has meant a lot to you guys and the whole team in general. And that's Derek Gunn. Talk to me about Derek Gunn and how he was able to build the trust that he built with you guys and what he means to the Eagles and to Philadelphia in general. Oh, this is all news to me. I, man, I didn't even know uh, D-Gun was uh, walking away, uh, honestly. You know, I, I know since I arrived here in Philadelphia, you know, he's been pretty – he's been one of the better uh, guys that you – one of the media guys you like to see in the locker room, I would say, uh, who established, you know, a good relationship. He's been, you know, loyal and just kind of a man of his word, I would say, which is most important. Kind of tells the truth and, and doesn't – try to you know just create a fabricated story or, or friction right he is who he is he, he's a real dude and so now I'm, I'm sad to see him go I, I had no idea probably should try to reach out i guess um to see what his next move is i think he told me some time ago he has a place in cali or something so maybe he's headed back to the west coast but yeah uh, i think it was i think it was part of just larger budget cuts with comcast they've been letting a lot of personalities yeah. go and he he put out a really great video just thanking the fans and the eagles but i know just how close he was with you guys and just whenever i was in philly and would watch eagles post game on comcast he had you guys on you know speed mic it was incredible to watch yeah man every time yeah every time d gun after the game and he know he'll come by. Hey, Ryan, you can give me. I give him that look. I'm like, hey, D, I, I got you, bro. I come out. I got you. Just make it quick. And and he does. That's what I'm saying. He's, he's respectful. And I think they were shoot. They were probably one of the first networks to have me on on their uh, show uh, quite often when I first came to Philly. So uh, grateful for that. How hard is it on the opposite end when you got to deal with media people who just suck and they are fabricating stories or looking for the aha moment on you? and to blast you, how tough is that to deal with? It's hard. You just have to be very careful with your words. Think before you say, because once it's out there, uh, there's no turning back uh, in this market, unfortunately. And so that's the best way to do it and how you have to you know, carry yourself when it comes to the media. You learn what they're trying to get out of you. And, and they're trying to, like I said, create that, that story or you know, try and in some way point the finger, divide. But, you know, what we always done here since I've been here the past five years, man, to stick together. A lot of players are a lot smarter with their uh, responses. And I think I think they should take a closer look at uh, this new kind of uh, schedule that we have going on because of COVID. Everything is done on, on Zoom. Of course you do. And you just have one uh, day out of the week that you're responsible, like, for the media. I love it. I think they, I think they should stick with it. Honestly, uh, I get, I get my space in the locker room, uh, but hey, I still fulfill my obligations. I go in, I do the Zoom for like 10, 15 minutes at, at most, and I'm done. Wipe my hands clean, and, and I can move on and get ready for, for the week. You get it easy now, but let's make it a little hard for you. Who's the one guy in your career, or three guys? who when you see coming full head of steam, you're just like, ah, shit. You know, is it the Derrick Henry? Who do you got on there for, say, top three guys? Uh, Adrian Peterson. I faced him and it's like prime. He's a running back that he could, get, he could do it all. If he wants to juke you, he could do that. If he wants to just run past you, he can. If he wants to decide he wants to lower the shoulder, man, as a safety, you know, you have to, you have to bring your, uh, your A game with a AP. 
Uh, Marshawn Lynch, another strong runner, violent. Uh, we've seen all his highlights, you know, the whole my dig, like all of that. Like, you can't, do not hit him up high. Like, you cannot do that. Don't, don't do it. And then I would say, uh, I guess we go new school, maybe like Saquon Barkley or, or Ezekiel Elliott. Those two are both in the division. Uh, Saquon is just so dynamic, man. He's, he reacts to it all. Like you decide to go along with him, he hurdles you at the last second. Like, man, he's uh has a speed to separate, and then Zeke is just physical. Does a real good job at like kind of torquing his body and his ability to be able to absorb hits, I think, uh, is what makes him what makes him good. No love for my man Gronk. Gronk? Gronk of old, yes. Yeah. Yes. Gronk of old. But I mean, he's still – I still respect him. I still respect game, uh, for sure. Uh, when we played him in the Super Bowl, yeah, absolutely. Had to come correct <laughs> with, with Gronkowski. He's another uh, physical specimen as well. We had Vernon Davis on. When Vernon was coming out of Maryland, he was that year's beast. He was like the DK Metcalf of that year. Who's the biggest beast you've ever seen, the, mo- the greatest physical specimen? Ooh. Maybe Calvin Johnson. Yeah. Or or yeah, Calvin Johnson. Or I would even say Cam Newton. Like when I saw Cam, I think it was my second year in the league, playing for the Rams, playing down in Carolina, like seeing him in person. And, you know, at that point, Cam, he's doing it all. Like they're running him like on on zone reads out in the field. It wasn't just down in the goal line. He's scrambling for 30, 40 yards. Like, you have to come up and really tackle him like a running back. Those two, I think, alone stand out to me the most in my career. Rodney, I want to talk to you about your community involvement because you're doing such great work. You just won an award for the stuff you and your wife are doing. Talk to me about being able to work in the Philadelphia community and just give back because for Philadelphia athletes, and I've talked to a bunch of them, there's nothing bigger. Yeah, uh, I think it's just important to my wife and I. Uh, you know, we started our foundation, Change Our Future, uh, kind of the focus is around sending around the youth, dealing with education and healthcare, uh, youth empowerment, and, and creating leaders of tomorrow, I think. And, and, you know, we were fortunate enough to have a lot of resources given to us at an early age that kind of helped us get to uh, where we are today. And unfortunately, that doesn't exist. And there's a lot of disparities uh, in a lot of these underserved communities, particularly out here in Philadelphia. And so, you know, since I've arrived here, I've made a, uh, a place for myself and, and kind of implemented myself in, in these communities or areas of, of, of my passion, whether it's cancer, uh, whether, like I said, it's, it's, it's mentorship, and now education and healthcare being a, a huge focus for us, partially because my wife is involved in healthcare. Uh, and that's where our passion lies and just understand the importance of education and, and how that correlates to success. And so we want to afford these opportunities to, like I said, the youth out here, give them the best opportunity to be able to, you know, have a, a, a bright future and really conquer anything they set their minds to. But it comes with the support system. It comes with those, like I said, those resources that aren't given to them. Uh, schools are underfund, not funded properly. And so we're doing a lot and making sure that that does happen and, and trying to uh, reshape uh, these communities. There was a great quote that Bo Jackson just had recently that he said if he was playing in today's NFL, he would average 350 to 400 yards a game. 
What are your thoughts on that? There's always the era versus era debate, whether it's Brady, Montana, Bron, Jordan. You think Bo could do 350 to 400 in a game on average? No, I don't think so. <laughs> no, I, I don't. I don't think I. You know, not when you, not when you have a a Fletcher Cox or a Aaron Donald yeah. or a Khalil Mack or like yeah. not, not at all. Not yeah. at all. Probably two. Probably probably a hundred, hundred and fifty a yeah. game, and that's a lot. But not three hundred to four hundred. Yeah. No. When you when you hear something like that, is it like man, these old heads? They have such an inflated effect of what the league was like back then don't they realize we're actually even better or as good yeah that speed man even from the like and he just said from the defensive line I mean you got Aaron Donald running four five four six uh defensive ends now running four four so it's hard to get to that edge and you have linebackers that go sideline to sideline but still can get downhill uh yeah I don't see it happening did y'all see DJ Metcalf that run that he did to get that to stop that touchdown? I mean, come on, yeah. like nobody back then was running like that. Like, come on. Yeah, that was silly. I thought when the first time I watched it, I thought it was at like one point five speed, and I thought I was like, this is this is probably just doctored up by somebody, and it was amazing. Rod, when you finally get the bag and you get the big contract, what's your craziest fuck you purchase? Man, I've been fortunate enough. I, you know, I had. Well, I had a, a nice big deal when I came to Philly the first time, and I just got re-signed. I'm still waiting for that big, like, that big purchase. I just bought a home, though. So th thus far, I've been humble, man. I've been I've been staying humble. You feel me? Any you know. Yeah, I've been, right I've been humble. Yeah, sure. yeah I, I, I spend a lot of my money on sneakers, fashion. I just got into the art game, though. So I, 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 bought, I got some pieces. Uh, Is that the Last Supper? It is. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but it's, it's different though. It's, got, it's just laying on your floor. You're going to hell, man. I didn't man. put it up yet. I, I just I, I just moved. I just new home. So I'm waiting yeah. for them to come and, and put it up. But right. they don't even know what's in it though. Yeah, they don't know the people. They don't that even know. There. Yeah, nah, they don't. They you should don't. Break, break it down for them. Who's in that? Yeah, bring it up here. This is awesome. Ch shout out to Chuck Styles, man. Yeah, Incredible. shout out to my man Chuck Styles. You know, we got Barack right here. We oh my God. Brazil. We got Denzel. We got Muhammad Holy Ali. Shit. We got Kobe. We got Drake. We got Hot Rod. That's me, oh Rod McLeod. Oh, damn. <laughs> we got Jay Z, Martin Luther King, Sean Taylor, Deion Sanders, Martin Lawrence, and then uh, Rodman Mike. bookending it, huh? Mike, Is that Mike Rodman Jordan. or Jordan? Jordan, Mike, Mike, oh, ball head, ball head. This is yeah. the African American Last Supper. This is the best <laughs> shit I've ever seen. Chuck Dials is an amazing artist based out of Philly. This man does incredible work. I mean, phenomenal work. So he did that for Rod. And that's man, incredible. Rod, Rod what'd you drop on that? You can give us a range. Man. Woo. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, so yeah, about. I say anywhere from ten to twenty. Oh, okay. That's yeah. a that's uh Gabriel the jeweler levels right there. That's <laughs> yeah. that doesn't depreciate though. That's only going up and down. Nah, nah yeah. man, it's a beauty. He, he should have put Brian with Brian Dawkins. Brian Dawkins should have been in there though. Yeah, he he life. Oh, come on, Annie. Come on. <laughs> Annie, what I, do I you? Love, I love BD. I love BD. But you know. Annie, what do we think about his fishnet sweater today? By the way, I just noticed this. 
Listen, man, that's uh, I, I bang with it. Uh, Rod, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's uh, Todd Patrick, right? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Don't know so they, they're a super dope brand based out of are they based out of New York? New York, yeah, she is. Yeah, so I, I like it. I like it. Yeah. And if you does that come with shorts as well, Rod, or no? No, okay, yeah, I love it though. Better yet, what do you think of my new balance? I got this at the outlet for $19.99. <laughs> ah, okay, you and your Kawhi Leonard. I see you. Okay. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's my dude. Kawhi. <laughs> I want to ask both of you guys, the two or three most fashionable athletes, when you see these athletes, who are the two or three goats right now? Are we talking football or basketball? All sports. All sports. Right, I'm going to let you go first. Uh, I would say Westbrook, Russell Westbrook. I wasn't talking about Russell Wilson. You know, he's a great quarterback. Russell Westbrook. Uh, who else? I'm a fan. I like I like Hopkins, DeAndre Hopkins. And then you don't like D Hop? That's another guy. He pushed the envelope. He on edge. So both both these dudes, both these dudes kind of, you know, they stress, they push the envelope a little bit. Dang, top three? Man, I'm at, I'm gonna have to give it to somebody, you know, on the football side. I'm just, yeah. That's just the way I'm going. Double check. <laughs> <laughs> Um, man, it is a tough. It is a tough question. Yeah, I know. Oh, oh, I mean, obviously the Odell's, the the Cams. Um, I'm gonna give it to. I'm gonna give it to Tyrod Taylor. I'm gonna say Tyrod Taylor, very consistent guy. Uh, I wanted to bring it down a little bit and comparable to the two gentlemen I gave. So I like Tyrod. I feel like he could, he could do everything. Uh, you know, kicking different mm -hmm. flavors, similar to to myself. But yeah. All right, Ina, you're next. Sheesh. Okay. So let's start with basketball. If there's any player in the league who I think is fashionable, I'm gonna give it to I'm a, I'm I guess I'm gonna go with LeBron. I think if you take a look at LeBron's style, it's very, very consistent. He can do the leather jacket, he can do the suit, he can do the suit with the short, he can I mean, he's just very versatile in that regard, right? So to me, I just think his look is like the cleanest, consistent look I've seen. Now, we're going to go, oh, you know what? But I'm also going to give you P.J. Tucker because P.J. Tucker, I mean, he works. He, I mean, they call him the sneaker king, and he's just, he's really, really good. So I'm going to put them in basketball. But then if we're going football, I mean. You can't say Rod either. Uh, okay. All right. Dang. I would, uh, Rod, I would, yeah. Rod, I'm about to plug you yeah. now, Rod. Okay. I'm going to go Jamal Adams. I think he has a very consistent look, and I appreciate he can go with a flared pan or he can go with a, a tapered pan. He does it really well with the jackets, especially when it gets cold, at least when he was in, you know, with the Jets. So we'll see what he's doing now with the Seahawks. And then last but not least, I think I'm going to give it to, I mean, he hasn't really been getting dressed this season because they're not allowed to really get dressed. I would say Malcolm, you know, I, I you know, Malcolm wears a suit better than most people in the league. Yeah, Malcolm's sharp. Malcolm's a sharp dude. Rod, actually, you guys brought up Braun. We asked Tim Howard, the US soccer goalie, if Braun could make it on the soccer field and he laughed it off and was like, no right. chance. If Braun got on the football field and you got a shot on him, how do you think he would take it? I don't, you know, the basketball player is a little different, man. If, if we talk about really like whacking him down on his legs, hey, Braun, Braun a strong dude, but I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if he's surviving 
too many of those hits. You feel me? <laughs> yeah, his high school, I mean, if you compare his Calvin to Calvin Johnson in high school, his junior year stats, he blows Calvin Johnson out of the water. Yeah. If he kept along that path, like what do you think his ceiling would 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 have been? Oh, I mean, he probably would be one of the greats. I, I wouldn't put it past him. I think anything that you know LeBron puts his mind to, man, he he's gonna he's gonna give it his all. And his his mindset is I'm gonna be the best. So I think if he did pursue a football, we probably would be talking about him, you know, in the same way that we're we're discussing him in basketball, him being uh, considered one of the greats. I don't know if that was that receiver or that's that tight end. You never know, you know, how the tight end position has now shifted uh, nowadays. So yeah. They recently did a ranking of top Philly athletes of all time. And some of the guys who ended up at the top of the list were obviously AI, Mike Schmidt, B-Doc was at the top. In your opinion, who's the greatest Philadelphia athlete of all time? Ooh. Brian Dawkins. I mean, for me. He's repping Brian Dawkins. He's he's mentioned it three times. He must be on the payroll. It's tough because AI, man, is like, whoo, that, that's the dude. That's what you knew growing, yeah. growing up. I mean, those two are who I watch. Oh, man, that's tough. I mean, it's Hall of Famers. I mean, you think yeah, about. Oh, no, I can't. Or... I ain't going to call it. I'm not going to disrespect one or the other. I give them. Come on, we're looking for that clickable headline. Yeah. <laughs> Did you? No, no, I'm not gonna do it. Yeah, I'm not gonna do it. No, but I want to ask you they about. Both, they both deserve their roses. I yeah. want to ask you about B. Doc though, because you know, right now you see with Tua and Ryan Fitzpatrick, and Ryan's been kind of being emo about Tua taking over. What was B. Doc like when you were coming up in the league? What is that relationship like when a guy's on his way out and you're on your way in? Oh, well, he was already out when uh, when I came here. So I met him uh, removed from the game. And at that time, when I came to the Eagles in 2016, he was actually helping out, and uh, I think, the front office. So I was able to establish a relationship with him, more of a from a mentor standpoint. Looking at things, uh, getting a closer look at things on film, film study to technique, uh, pointers to – maybe things I could I should be working on after practice, right? And then now that extended this year to me reaching out to him over the summer, uh, just from a leadership standpoint, understanding like my role was going to uh, shift a little bit and more was going to be asked of me. So I wanted to, to hear um, from someone of his caliber who obviously led Zegel's like team and defense for, for years and, and, and picking his brain a little bit. But remember, the only player in NFL history to have 20 sacks, 20 forced fumbles. Yeah, this is this is like, yeah. We had the football. Like, Brian Dawkins was my guy. Growing up, Brian Dawkins was it. Nobody could touch Brian Dawkins. And I remember the very first time, I told Roger's story, the very first time I met Malcolm, I said, Malcolm, you could be just as great as Brian Dawkins. And Malcolm was like, I'm up for the task. And, you know. But, you know, but Ryan is my guy. Like, I love Brian. I never met him, but I have a signed autograph jersey. So I need to meet him so I can get another signed autograph jersey so I can hang somewhere. Hell yeah. He knows all, all the right. stats of Brian. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Rodney McLeod, Eagle Safety and Stylist Eni Ikpe. Thank you for being so generous with your time. Where can the people find Style Sold Separately? So you can find Style So Separately on uh, YouTube if you just type in Style So Separately. We have two episodes up. Uh, we have another one that we're working on. And then 
this offseason, we're going to hit the ground running really, really hard. So we're very excited. You know, me and Rod have had this idea for quite some time. And uh, once we got together and really talked it through, we were like, yo, let's do it. And then, you know, Malcolm Jenkins comes on as an additional EP. And now, like, the sky is the limit. So we're looking forward to it. So thanks for having us, guys. We greatly appreciate y'all. Matt, we've had some memorable interviews so far on Endless Hustle, but Rodney can officially take the crown for the first guy to show his paintings inside of his house. And the African-American Last Supper was definitely something. You got to love when we get the house tours. I mean, yeah, he said he paid 10 to 20 grand for that. You know, if I had the money, I'd pay 2 million for that. That was that was definitely a work of art. And hopefully it comes out with prints that he can sell on his website or something, because that that picture was uh was something he needs a painting of himself at the espies without his shirt on that's the next one he's got to have that custom on. when his first pro bowl comes that will be a gift that the endless hustle gives him i'll tell you the other thing that i really loved matt was and we we discuss this off camera all the time these athletes especially when they're currently playing can be so guarded because they don't want to say anything that's going to fucking piss off the team mm-hmm. what i really appreciated with rodney is it felt like he was just saying whatever was coming to mind and it just felt more like a genuine and authentic interview. I I really felt like we got to know the guy without him being in, I have to give only PR sound bites that I've been coached on. So I really love that part of it. Exactly. And credit to us. It was our first tandem interview, first time interviewing two people. And I think we did, we did okay. You know, they gave up, they didn't just let someone sit back and let the other guy take it. Both of them were engaging. So, Hey, Credit to them for being so uh, gregarious here. Yeah, hashtag no stock answers. Thanks, Rodney and Innie. I'm looking forward to seeing what else they feature on Styled Sold separately. But for now, we have to go. You can keep up with us on social media at Endless Double Underscore Hustle and at Endless Hustle Pod on Instagram. You can follow me at Mr. Kohan, K-E-O-H-A-N on Twitter and Arthur. I am at Arthur Cade on Twitter and at It's Me, Arthur Cade on Instagram. We're going to be back next Tuesday, guys, for what might end up being our most monumental episode. We have an hour with the one, the only, LeVar Ball right before the NBA draft. Can't wait for you guys to hear this. He was telling us how much he enjoyed it afterwards. And all I can do is tell you, get your seatbelt, buckle in, and get ready for an hour of fucking craziness.